What's up? I'm Joey, and this is the Owning It Podcast. After years of wearing a suit and tie, Joey He said, I've had enough of the litigating lie. And so he struck out on his own. He's a lawyer and a speaker and a business coach. This is Owning It with Joey C. Trademarks, copyrights. What is up, everybody? I'm back with an amazing expert this week. I feel like this interview should apply to everybody who's watching this live or on the replay. Like if you are a service-based business owner, you're in the right place. If you've got a course or a program, you're going to want to lean in to all of my law firm owner friends who are supporting me watching this show. You're going to learn a ton here as well. Greg is the, I think, founder and owner of Alt Agency. Greg is my go-to expert when it comes to businesses that are wanting to leverage the growth of their business by systematizing, productizing a service. Greg, how did you get into this and what made you decide out of, because I know you guys will learn. Greg is really a jack of all trades. He was schooling me on tech stuff before we went live. Out of all the things that you could build a business around, why did you pick this as the way that you want to help businesses? Accidentally, I guess. Um, <laughs> okay. So I come from like traditional marketing agencies, you know, representing big brands, professional sports teams. Like that's my background. Mm -hmm. um, I went off on my own in 2014, failed miserably, pivoted in 2015 into kind of what be became now all agency. Um, but 2015, I was like, felt just like most of us, I think we, either fall in love with a particular type of skill um, or area. And we kind of go down the rabbit hole of that, that for me, that was marketing automation and like sales funnels, specifically at the time Infusionsoft. And I came from a place where I only worked with independent retail and I was miserable doing that. And I saw a lot of people that inspired me, like the Pat Flynn's of the world, Amy Porterfield's of the world that were making a business, making a living online. And I was like, well, they all use this tool. <laughs> Maybe I can serve people like that with this skill and interest that I have. And so I went and I built out what I originally, I was a freelancer and went out like service for, Hey, I'll help you with Infusionsoft. Yeah. And that spawn spawned like an agency, although I never called it that other people did. Mm. And, you know, we had a bunch of clients we were managing uh, at the peak, probably 30 some odd clients. You know, we were behind the scenes of a lot of these names, John Lee Dumas, Chris Ducker, you know, nerd fitness uh, with Steve cam, Jasmine star helped build up some funnels for her. Jay bear. We were building out sales funnels, onboarding campaigns, automating things so they could sell their courses, masterminds, et cetera. All the while I was, had been documenting my own journey in building the business. Mm -hmm. And I got a lot of service providers that were like, how did you get out of all of this? Like just custom stuff. 
because we, we went from custom very quickly to kind of like more productized into now our business is really a training education and coaching business. And so like, how did you do that? And it just, the noise became so loud. The demand became so loud. I started serving those people instead because it was more fulfilling and I, I was in their shoes that came from a place of, you know, you know, like you, it's almost like the, the thing that you do, I said accidental because they were like, well, we want an automated sales funnel. And I was like, okay, cool. Mr. And Mrs. Service provider, what do you sell? And they're like, uh, well, it depends on what the client needs. And I was like, Mm -hmm. what do you mean? They're like, well, it's custom every time. I was like, that's why you have no systems. And so I had to help them package up what they did into something that could be sold over and over and over again, even if it was done for you. And we created a framework that is basically now the core of our business, helping people package up their expertise and skill into like a deliverable, into a, a, an end-to-end experience that they can sell over and over and over again, which allows them to go benefit from automation, sales funnels, and marketing funnels. So it was like almost like I had to do that in order to give them the thing that they really want, which was an automated sales funnel. Long story, but that's kind of how I got here. <laughs> well, I, but I I mean, and Greg and I have become fast friends, but I wish I would have known you sooner because <laughs> about a year or so after starting our firm, when we decided that we wanted to focus on trademarks and make our, our processes faster, I didn't really have the language to explain to, to others or even my team what I wanted. But for me, it, it was almost a question of what can we do so that we can clarify and simplify our services so that we never need to send one-off custom contracts again. And how can we create a terms of use that is broad and accurate enough to where people can just be clicking on that terms of use each time instead Mm of reviewing a custom contract for whatever it is that they want from us? Yeah, that's, we get a lot of that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, and, and that was that was a struggle for me to kind of wrap my head around, but it really opened some major doors because once you get out of the, here is a contract, sign it, and then we send you invoices, it opens up this big door of opportunities of checkout pages and payment plans and things like that. When when you're working with people on the in, inside of the alt agency groups, obviously there's a lot of systems and processes that I think are kind of queued up right around when someone becomes a customer up to fulfillment and upselling or whatever. I might be going a little fast for myself even here, but I'm really interested in how are you helping create systems for the marketing for these agencies? Because that can really feel at least for, for my team and some of my friends, like yeah. the hardest part of a agency or productized business to have processes on. I mean, it starts to me like with what you did, right? Like you specialized, you're like, yeah. okay, like law to trademark law, right? And most people, you know, especially those that we serve, and I'm sure people that are listening here, just the thought of that sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Because what they think is that it will limit their growth. And the reality is it will explode your growth if you choose to narrow down and specialize correctly. Mm. Um, I don't find many people that have specialized or narrowed down too far. Like that's, I haven't come across it. We've worked with over 400 business owners going through this process and we've spoken to thousands of them. And 
I've never really come across a case where it's like so specialized and I'm like, yeah, like that's not, you're not gonna be able to build a real business off of that. You almost can't asterisk, can't specialize too much. Um, But it does come down to the ability to commit to less is more. Um, And for you, that was, that was trademark. And then that opens a door of a lot more creativity of like, how do I monetize this even further, et cetera. So the funny thing is people want the marketing systems, the, you know, automated lead generation. It's nearly impossible when the Mm. thing you do is different for every client that you get. Yeah. You know, you've heard, we've all heard the messaging of speak to everyone. You speak to no one. When we think of automation, at least in like systems and repeatability and predictability from a marketing perspective, like I'll bucket that into acquisition, lead generation, lead nurture, sales, like kind of marketing and sales, like the front end of the client journey. You can't go to the market with a specific message that would attract someone if you do everything. Like mm-hmm. it would be a very bland message. And if you would serve everyone, that's going to be a really expensive Facebook ad campaign. Um, right. that's not going to convert at all and you'll give up. So you have to go after predefined problems. And when you hone in on a predefined problem, typically there are people that you can identify that have that problem. And now you can, you know, narrow in mm-hmm. on that. So Yes, there are systems that can take a lead into a customer that is organic, not tied to paid, paid media. But like if we're talking about businesses that want to grow predictably and scale, you're going to have to be able to pay a dollar and make two and Mm -hmm. be able to buy clients like at some point, like advertise to bring a client in and the advertising will not work unless it's specific. And I always use the analogy of well, your website's like a fishing net, like probably speaks to it. Like you can't necessarily control who gets there. And someone might come to your contact form or schedule a consultation with you and end up being the wrong fit because they just found you through their search. And they're like, oh, this person sounds like they might be able to help me. So you're, you're going to sift through, you know, scoop the water through the, you know, the, the fishing net through the water. And you're going to sift out what's the right thing for you there. In order to have like really strong systems, you need to think of like a spear. Imagine you were hunting for your food and you needed to use a spear. You would need to know what the heck you're throwing that spear at Mm. and be really accurate. Like your paid marketing, your marketing message, any energy that is exerted from you, the owner or your team to try to attract the right person should be the equivalent of you throwing spears. And you want to be really accurate. So like speaking to specific pains and problems and by specializing the, what you do, it makes the, who you're speaking to so much more specific that you're going to be more accurate with those spheres. Mm. You know, an, another way that I'm thinking about this, as you're saying it is creating a marketing and sales plan that works even with cold audiences Right. Because I think a lot of businesses that might not view themselves as under an an agency model or something, typically those businesses tend to get, they tend to be doing organic strategies. They tend to be doing kind of referral marketing and things like that, which aren't bad necessarily, but I really like 
what you're highlighting here of like, you really need to figure out what you can throw dollars at and get leads. And the more you niche down, the easier it will be to find and pay for those. Yeah. And I mean, with an asterisk there of depending upon how big you want to grow and scale, mm. right? There are some businesses that thrive off of referrals, but if they want to exceed a certain point and exceed a certain amount of predictability, mm. they can't just rely on that anymore. If they want to stay below a million dollars a year, which some do, and that's totally fine. Sure. Like you might be just fine with never having to pay paid media, but like you, maybe you sponsor events, also paid media, you organize lunch and learns, like you're spending money on that. That's a paid acquisition effort. Like, so you're probably doing it in some capacity, just not through the form of like Facebook ads or YouTube ads. Um, But like, if you really want like to know that the business will run and make money every single month, month in and month out, at least a certain amount, you would need to be able to know that you're going to get X referrals every single month. And I don't think anybody can actually predict that and make sure that it yep. is repeatable every single month, month in and month out. And yeah. so it's almost like the agency model helps take you off of the hamster wheel of what am I going to do this week or this month to get the leads that I need? That's awesome. And, and speaking of agency, I know we talked about this before we went live. Yeah. I know some people might feel particularly like that's kind of a heavy word or that they just don't identify with the word agency. Let me know in the chat if you're watching this live or the replay. Give me a one if either you feel like uh, you're not an agency, like you wouldn't call yourself that, or agency counts almost sounds like a scary word for you. I know for me, when people started asking me if my law firm was an agency model business, I was like, oh, I don't think I have the team in place to fit the definition of what I think. But Greg, you were telling me that a lot of people inside your program don't necessarily relate to that term of agency. Correct. And neither did I, Mm. (laughs) but it didn't matter what I resonated with, but other people, our clients called us an agency. And so when they referred us, they referred us as, Oh, our agency, you know, there's only so much you can control. And there's only right. so many times you can tell your client to not call you an agency and they sure. don't do it before it's just, you know, a, a wasted effort. First of all, does it matter? Mm. <laughs> That's like, is the real question. But what I've found is when a lot of the people that come to us, like I said, aren't agency owners, they're more of like a freelancer or quote unquote, a service provider or a consultant or whatever you want to call yourself. We have people that don't resonate with any of those. And yet they still come to us and, you know, we use we market using the word, are you an agency owner? A lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we do more than just using the word agency is tied to the symptoms, pains, and problems that those people have and also where they want to go. And a lot of people that aren't agency owners have th- those same problems and also want those same things. And despite seeing that word, they're like, well, he gets me. I'm still going to go have that conversation as a marketing tip to most of you. If you want one is it's not necessarily about the label in your marketing. It's about hitting on pains, problems, and and symptoms that your Mm -hmm. ideal client is actually experiencing. Because just again, despite me saying the word agency, everything else I say around the problems that we help people with non-agency people can be like, oh my God, well, I still deal with that exact same thing. If he can solve that, I don't care if he calls me an agency or not. Mm -hmm. Like, Cause he can, sounds like he can solve my problem. 
that's what you want people coming to you for anyway, is like the solution to the problem. Yeah. And so when people come to you, regardless of how they define themselves, what tends to be some of the major either problems that they're experiencing or like the mistakes that you're seeing people make that are causing them to have problems? Most of the work is custom. So back to kind of like the marketing, right? Like yeah. the problem with the marketing usually stems from a problem with the the offer. Imagine like two concentric, two, two similar size circles inside of one, it says who, and then the other one, it says what. Our clients usually come to us and both of those circles are too big, um, meaning too broad, too general. The who they serve is, you know, we serve dentists, chiropractors, lawyers, you know, mm-hmm. dog food stores. We do brick and mortar online. And oh, and for all those people, we do social media, paid ads, branding, law. Like we, we're full service, right? Like, yeah. So they come and they're just too general in both camps. And okay. that's a mistake in that it's really difficult to create repeatability, scalability, profitability, mm-hmm. become not the business as the person who started it. Um, so we have we help help them specialize and make those circles smaller. And ideally, both of them get super small and or at least one of them can get small. So mm-hmm. like, hey, if you're going to be full service, like at least be full service for like trademark law people like or sure. only dentists or be a lead gen expert for a couple types of businesses, not just all businesses. So mm-hmm. we, we help them kind of specialize and narrow down their focus because that unlocks not only their messaging into the marketplace, but how to then create a repeatable delivery. Oftentimes, you know, we'll say like as most, most agencies that come to us or service providers, whatever you self identify (laughs) as, if the, what you do for people is dictated by the client, that's a problem in my, Mm. in my book, because you'll always, if you, especially if you don't know where the next client is coming from, you're going to be constantly doing unique things. The amount of variables in that, that will kill you. So yeah. we want to reduce the, the variability in the, you know, who we serve and the, what we actually sell, because that allows us to create a system that can be reused. I'm sure many of you have explored, if you're, if you're here listening and you're like, you've been wanting to grow, you've probably at some point maybe come across content or a recommendation and or even dove into creating SOPs. Like right. I have to document everything I do, standard operating procedures. And we heard the same thing. We did the same thing, but because everything we did was custom, we had thousands of SOPs, yeah. spent thousands of hours creating them, but we would never use one of them more than once to benefit from having it documented in the first yeah. place. You need to do the same things over and over and over again. That's where having systems becomes beneficial. We need to reduce that variability. And that's often like the biggest mistake is just, we're just too generalized. Yeah. The second one would be you're only selling your time and or your labor. You know, that term agency, you know, when traditional Ogilvy started, like, they wrote ad copy, you know, they create, they did the creative, the copywriting. So I kind of associate agency, which more with done for you services, custom work, selling hours and selling your time. Now, obviously there's historically now consulting agencies, which started to change that. I think most people associate selling time for money, custom work done for you, scope creep, you know, yeah. all of that stuff with the agency model. 
and a lot of people come to us because they want to resolve those things. And so we want to go from not just getting paid for labor and time, but getting paid for our knowledge, our expertise, our skills, uh, and our thinking, right? Like just, yeah. and, and that's actually more scalable than your time, obviously, and more profitable. And when you have both of those, you can have more than one way to make money, you know, diversifying your portfolio, diversifying your revenue streams, which makes you, uh, you know, probably more likely to survive something like a pandemic. You know, we had a lot of clients that their entire business, they came to us like my entire business was wiped out because what are the first two things that most companies got rid of during the pandemic? Labor and other overhead like offices. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the the space and the people. If they have internal people, if you're an external person, you're probably going to get the cut first before they cut their internal people right. uh, in, in many cases. And that was the case for a lot of people. And they had no other way to support their clients outside of just, you know, being the hands to the keyboard. A lot of our clients actually survived the pandemic because they were able to say, hey, I know that you can't afford for us to do this right now. But like, what if we just guided you through what we were doing uh, and you do it internally? And they're like, that would be amazing. Yeah. And we had multiple clients that were in verticals that were impacted by the, by the pandemic that literally only survived because they were able to package up their expertise and sell that because nobody wanted their labor. Nobody could afford labor. Uh, nobody, I, people were afraid to hire labor. I love this so, because I do think that there is this, this sense or this myth or belief that if you're serving high-end clients or, in quote, the right type of clients – they will always want you to do the work for them instead of creating any done for you or done with you type of an experience. Yeah, yeah. And I have learned that you have to be careful who's telling you that because there are a lot of businesses, they might have a multi-million dollar business, but they're still budget sensitive. And if mm -hmm. there's the right offer where they can save money and they can put a little bit more of their own time in, yeah. They'll say yes to that over just being, you know, like, you know what, I'm, I'm a successful business owner. So I only pay for people to do it for me. The analogy I use a lot, like this notion of the engine builder versus the pit crew, whether you're a fan of NASCAR or not, I'm not, but I understand the concept. <laughs> There's the guy that built the engine and put it in the car. And if you followed it, you would notice that he's not the guy that come race day is jumping over the wall and swapping out the tires. Mm. You know, in the middle of the race, he's up in the booth, having a cocktail, watching the engine run. Right. And I think many of us become, maybe we started like I did built funnels was the engine builder, but because I didn't know where the next client was offered up to be the pit crew. And now I'm like in maintenance support mode for this mm. thing that now has me doing administrative work and scope creep and expanding into things that I didn't really want to be doing and, or were fun and, or were profitable. And we start yeah. to be losing money any of you watching, like, how can you guys be more of the engine builder and serve companies that already have the pit crew? Right. Mm. I think of Eileen. That's really cool. Yeah. Like Eileen, one of our clients, like she, she kind of is like a fractional CMO and she's like, came in and she was selling to different people. And she noticed some clients were getting results and others like really weren't. And 
really it came down to all of the clients that got results and value from her work had at least one person junior in their marketing department. Mm. If it was up to the CEO to be implementing her strategies, it never got done. And so anytime she got on a sales call with someone she's like, okay, well, what does your marketing team look like? And they're like, you're looking at it. And she's like, uh. we're not a good fit because I need the pit crew. I need someone to implement and apply the things that I'm going to tell them to do because I don't do the, the doing you need someone internally. And so it's like, it's a subtle shift in the who you serve. Again, it's narrowing down the who getting more specific with who you serve. Yeah. There are a lot of people that many of you probably have lost business because they wanted what's up here, but you wanted to give them what's up here in combination with this. Yeah. And they had someone willing to do this. That person just didn't know what to do. Right. And you lost the business because you didn't have a way to, you know, compartmentalize that. And you would have had a client. Hmm. There's also some of you that are on this call that probably lost business because of these words. I think we're at the point where we're going to bring this in house. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. You got them the result that you probably promised, yet you lose the business because they want to bring it in house. Because at some point, if all you're doing is selling labor, there is always a point where the client will say, I can get this for less. Yeah. Because it's a commodity and they'll either hire it in-house and, or they'll go offshore it, you know, especially with our clients where it's like marketing services, you know, like that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, they'll go find the guy that does the website for cheap. They'll go find the video editor that is, you know, $15 an hour versus $200 an hour, you know? So yeah. The, the ability to say, hey, you can go get that person, but I'm going to tell them what to do. And here's how much that costs, because mm -hmm. I've done this so many times that you don't want them to be efficient, even though they're affordable. I'm going to give them the roadmap. I'm going to give them the engine and they can put the oil in it. They can refill it up. They can keep it clean. Yeah. You know? and, and now you have like a whole new way to monetize the thing that you do, which is actually where the real value probably came from in the beginning. Um, that you were trying to sell, mm. you just got hung, hung up on, you know, also doing this and connecting them as, as one. I'm seeing more and more business owners do something that's reminding me of what you're saying. Like they'll have their, their main service of that combination of the consulting and the doing. And then if for whatever reason, the, the client maybe wants to discontinue or it's seeming too expensive, they're like, oh, if there's someone on your team, we can just do the consulting, have a certain number of sessions with you a month, and then yeah. you guys are in charge of the implementation as a kind of like downsell retainer. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I think we were talking about this before we started recording. Like, um, I mean, outside of law, which some of you guys are familiar with, like yeah. there are no rules. You get to create the game that you play. Yeah. It's Obviously, so powerful. Some people might not want to play that game with you and you might need to like readjust the game or readjust your offer or what the value proposition is. I mean, that's the thing. It's like if they can, if your prospect can look at it and say, oh my God, this is a win-win, then let's do this. Like who cares if you're selling them, your thinking or your labor, it needs to be a win-win, but like you can only serve so many people being the labor. Right. Uh, this is so good. And I, I'm so with you on this idea of like, there are no rules. 
that can also be really scary though. Like, like kind of like when we talked before about certain tools that are super helpful, but they're blank slates. Yeah. And it's like, no, someone come give me a template or some type right, of right. A, a construction here. When it comes to people in your program or, or you and your own team, when you're looking at successful alt agencies, to use your term, and you're looking at the person on the top of that, the CEO, the visionary, what do those people tend to be doing with their time? What tends to be the, the work that remains or whatever it is, the space on the calendar that you fill as work time? So I kind of look at it as you know, a pyramid of like generalist, specialist, owner, operator, owner, investor. And I think a lot of us probably end up in that owner, uh, owner, operator spot. Okay. Um, like me, like, I mean, we have a seven figure business. I'm still involved in it very much so, but the, what I'm doing, like we can make money without me. Clients can get results without me. We can theoretically grow without me to what degree is probably very questionable. Like, mm. because now I'm the vision, like I'm the, where is this thing going next? Yeah. Um, I'm the, how do I make the people on the team better, more effective, better leaders? Um, so I spend a lot of my time training and coaching my team. I still, because it's my zone of genius, I love the creative side, the content creation. So like, I'm creating YouTube videos that bring people to us. I'm creating ad copy and I work with a video editor and we film things and we come up with scripts and then I go film them. And, you know, like I do that. So I'm like, I'm coaching my team content and ideation, intellectual property. And I'm a, a piece of the one piece of the fulfillment engine. I'm mm. not the only fulfillment piece. Like Clients can get results without Greg being involved. Yeah. One, because I've packaged up my expertise into step-by-step -step training and, and game plans. Yeah. And then I have other people that know how to help apply that to our client's business. So that's how I've kind of removed myself from the day-to-day -day of that. So I think it kind of depends on what your style is. Like we have okay. some clients that I would say are still kind of in that owner operator that spend a little bit of time on sales. But as you kind of get to that owner op, that owner position, I find, and I'm still, I'd say I'm still mostly in the owner operator space too. Like owning would be everything runs without me. Maybe I'm just doing vision. Mm. Like if I could figure out ways to acquire clients that was Greg not being the face on interviews like this or yeah. Facebook ads, like that'd probably put me one more step towards owner. Um, but yeah, that's where I spend my time leading the team directing where we're going to go next, strategizing, you know, supporting clients, improving products, identifying systems that need to be created or improved. And that's how I spend and then mountain biking and then Fridays or mountain biking. So cool. And that, I mean, you, I love the way you answer these questions because it's very much like a, this is what you do. It's not necessarily the way to do it, but if this resonates with all of you, like here's a really cool framework and way to think about it. Um, that that's really, really helpful. Another question under this umbrella of there are no rules, but what trends are you seeing is almost every business owner, CEO that I know will say that shiny object syndrome is a problem for them, yeah. both in terms of marketing what they've currently got in a new way and more increasingly creating a new offer to the same audience or to a different audience, but something that they think they can help people with. Are, are there any common denominators or principles that you're seeing 
for people to kind of stay in this alt agency mindset while thinking about, okay, what's that next niche we can go after or this next offer we can build out? Yeah, there's a bunch. <laughs> uh, so simplicity scales, complexity does not. Mm. Um, feedback that I got uh, years ago, it's a framework that we still talk about to this day. It's a little less relevant now in some ways, but I think principle, like the principle of it hopefully hit home. It was shared to me by Clay Collins, who was the founder and former CEO of Lead Pages. If you remember mm. when Lead Pages came out, yeah. they were like huge. And I was at a conference and he got on stage and said, I want to give you the, the fastest way to building a seven-figure business. Now, whatever your revenue target is aside, mm. Whether you want to scale to seven figures or not, that may or may not be your thing. No one's going to judge you for it. Just think about whatever your target is. If it's less than a million, this is definitely going to apply. And if it's beyond a million, this will, and you're not there yet, this will also apply. Okay. But that's your goal. Uh, he said, you have to focus on the five ones. You have to serve one avatar with one solution mm. using one conversion vehicle, using one traffic source and do that for one year. Wow. And that is the fastest way to get to a million. And I heard that feedback. I heard I was, it was end of January uh, of 2017 when I heard him say that. And when we were, we had multiple services, thankfully we did have kind of one avatar and came back to the, to the team. I said, we're going all in on this one thing and we're gonna phase out everything else. And that was February of 2017. And we were kind of fluctuating between like 50 and 60 K a month, like based on a new client coming in or not, but like weren't really profitable. I wasn't taking home a lot bloated and applied February, 2017. And by December, we hit our first six figure month of many, Man. many to follow. And it's That's incredible, you know, following that, hearing that. So like, I know that that works and every person I know, that has gotten business to seven figures, got to seven figures selling one thing and one thing only, and didn't add other products and other services until after that. Mm. Um, I know like my peers and mentors uh, and coaches, they're doing 10 figures, like or 10 or eight figures. And some of them only have two things. That's it. And so yeah. like, Three, and or three things, which is like kind of on the high side, like you can build an eight figure business selling one to three things. Um, and so the challenge is it's going to get boring at some point. Um, and yes. it's going to be unsexy, but I can tell you this, and this is the thing that I remind myself of every day. And I say it to you because I really am saying it to myself because I haven't yet said it to myself yet today is if you look at the most successful people, the people that I know I want to aspire to be, and maybe for you, the people that you want to aspire to be, they never stop doing the fundamentals. Mm. That's it. They show up every day. They do all the unsexy work. They look at the numbers. Uh, they don't jump into the shiny object and create a new offer just because they're bored. They figure out how they can get more out of the thing that they already have. Yeah. Uh, they're grateful for that. <laughs> like they, they do, they put in the reps that are required of them daily. That's like a constant reminder that I have to tell myself because it's so easy to, you know, talking to a, an entrepreneur the other day, he has a seven figure business and he's like, I'm thinking about launching my personal brand. And it's like, 
wide. Like you're barely scrape, you're barely scraping the surface of the market that you're already in, and you yeah. already have a seven figure business. Like, why not turn that into multiple seven figures and have it not have anything to do with your face versus now starting this other thing that is completely dependent upon your face that is gonna be yep. not scalable? Like juggling those two things. Almost every single time we get kind of like the agency, right? Like when they're stuck, it's almost because they're they sell anything. Their product mm. is yes. Like, yes, I can do that. Yes, the I can do that. product is yes. And they have multiple offers. They have multiple services. When yeah. if they just sold one thing, they would get there a whole lot faster because it gives you the discipline of who to say yes to and who to say no to, and then how to focus your efforts to go get more of those people. And, mm. and focuses your effort on how do I get better at getting that one that type of person, that one result. And when you start getting that one person, that one result, they're going to go tell other people just like them. And they're going to attract more of the right people that have the same problem that you've already solved 50 times before that. And you just get better. Yeah, I, I love this. And I can tell you guys as someone who's made the mistake, now I can say mistake of creating multiple offers in the past, it has been so helpful to refocus on that one offer. So anybody who might have you know, caught the bug over the last couple of years to create courses and programs, whatever. And now it's feeling a little all over the place. Something that my team has done really well in the past, just even few months is get laser focused back on our one offer. And once we got focused on the first offer, then we started turning our other offers into potential upsells and downsells, which was helpful. But the real magic happened when we said, you know what? From now on, we're not going to even bring up our other offers as upsells or downsells until we get a heck no from our one offer. And so that's really streamlined things and our marketing so that we can really be focusing on growing that one piece. And if it trickles into growth elsewhere, great, but that's not how it should be working by design. Amen. Amen. And, you know, we talked about there are no rules, right? Um, mm. I do think there are, to kind of give you another an, a, another analogy, like your business is like, like a recipe, right? Um, too much of any one ingredient could make it taste like crap. Just because there's like, to, to most chefs, yeah, there are no rules. But like, there are things that you definitely don't do because it doesn't taste good or wouldn't, like, right. just doesn't work right? Like people don't want it. It's not desirable. That's when like, when we look at the ingredients of what makes up an all agency, you have things like training, which I'll make, I guess you can say training and or call it coursework curriculum. They both, they, they could be separated, but whatever, those would be one or two ingredients. Yeah. Um, So a course or training, then coaching, Consulting, whether it's one-on-one or one-to-many, that's another type of ingredient. Then there's the the level of service. So like maybe there is some done-for-you work or some hands-on, rolling up the sleeves, implementation, assembly, uh, organization that you do. I'll call it like the hands-to-keyboard type stuff. Mm. Like that's another ingredient, right? Another ingredient could be community. Our clients come into this world that we've created for them. And we're putting them next to people that are just like them that either compliment them or are one step ahead. Eventually, you know, we'll be with people two steps 
you know, behind them and they're, they're growing and like they get different perspective on a lot of different areas of their business because they have these people that are just like them that understand it. That's another ingredient. It's like, those are like the four core ingredients of what makes an all agency, like depending upon what outcome you get your client and how you want to get them to that result and to the, the amount of scalability that you would like to have in your business, time freedom is going to dictate how much of each of those ingredients you're using to make the thing that you want, like to make your dish, right? Like to make your entree. Some of you might have 60% training, 20% service, you know, and 20% or 10% coaching, 10% community. Some mm-hmm. might be, you know, a completely different skew. Some might be 80% community, 10% consulting. And again, a lot of this is going to come from one, knowing really exactly who your person is that you're helping and what they want and need. And then looking at what you're good at and what you have and can figure out how to, you know, put those ingredients in the right combination. Yeah. So it's a win-win. And so that's why I don't like most of our clients, they structurally, they all have those ingredients the way in which they're being deployed to their clients often looks extremely different. Mm, Man, I I love the way you word it with the ingredients. Greg, as everybody who can see, if you're watching the show, if you're listening to the podcast episode, like Greg is the man at this stuff. Greg, if people want to learn more from you, learn more about your programs, where, what's the best place for them to go? Yeah, I appreciate that. I would say the best place would be to go to my YouTube channel, which you can get to by going to gregsvideos.com. That's it'll, amazing. It'll redirect you to my channel. We release videos every single week on topics just like this. From there, there's plenty of entryways into talking with our team or you know watching more training on like how we flesh these concepts out. But if you don't jive with that content, you won't jive with us. Start there get some free knowledge. And if you want to apply it, cause it's, you know, you're sitting there nodding your head, then usually in the links of the description of the videos, you can schedule a call with my team. I love that. And if anyone's like, you know what, I want to make sure that I am keeping Greg in my ear or in, in my site, go to gregsvideos.com, watch one of his videos. I've learned that Greg's got some really good ads around YouTube. So I'm seeing his face yeah, all the time now everywhere. You will see all of my ads now. But they're always helpful videos. Yeah. So it's kind of like a free way to get his newsletters to yeah. watch a couple of his YouTube videos. Well, Greg, thanks again for your time, man. I'm excited yeah. for us to chat again soon. Thank you so and, much. Uh, I'll see everybody next week. Bye, everyone. All right. Has this episode motivated you to take some action on the legal side? Well, good. Here's a great next step for you. I've put together a free legal training that people have legit been raving about. I just got a DM telling me that this was the best legal presentation they've ever seen. Yes, you heard that right. Best legal presentation ever. Okay, maybe that's a pretty low bar, but hey, I'll take it. And another person told me that they've never really had a lawyer who they trusted to recommend to their business friends. But after watching this training, now they know that I'm their go-to guy. So if you're ready to stop being overwhelmed by all the legal stuff, you are going to freaking love this training. Check it out at joeyc.vitali.com slash trademark, or just click on the link in the show notes. This is owning it. Thanks for listening to Owning It with me, Joey C. Vitale.
If you like the show and want to know more, check out joeycvitale.com. And I'm all about spreading those golden legal nuggets. So leave a review and let me know which golden nuggets you picked up from this episode. All right, see you next time. If you-